0: Along to the Property Can't Be podcast, I'm your host, Ebb Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And tell the show we are talking about the OCR, the official cash rate, and it has just been changed by the Reserve Bank last week. Andrew, what happened?
1: So last week, the official cash rate went up half a percent to three percent, and the driver of this is that we've still got inflation at a rate that we cannot sustain. It's what, nine percent still? No, 7.3. Oh, seven point. Well, I round up. It's called Swedish minus one rounding. Honestly, you're so terrible, Do You just make things up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess the question on everyone's lips, are, are we going to see this being passed on to higher interest rates? And No, we're probably not because the OCR is going up, but most mortgage interest rates have come down. And why is this happening? Well, the floating rate has gone up in some instances. I saw one of the banks put up theirs today, but that's the rate that's probably most affected by the OCR. The one-year, two-year rate and maybe the 18-month, they're pretty much staying the same or coming down a little bit. And that's because, well, they've kind of expected this. The banks have expected these rates to go up, so they've already priced it in. And I think we've got an interesting clip from the press conference. I was sitting at a bar at
0: 11pm last night listening to the press conference chopping it all up. Here we're going to hear the Associate Governor of the Reserve Bank talking about that phenomenon, OCR being increased but fixed rates coming down. Some of the more recent declines may actually reflect increasing competitive pressure amongst the commercial banks with a slowing in credit growth through over the past six weeks.
2: So an important uh, feature always to remember is that we can control the short end of the yield curve. The longer end is influenced by us
0: and many other factors. So two things that I want to point out there. First of all, we are seeing banks becoming more competitive. Now, what's driving that? Well, number one, the fact that there are so many people out there who are having their rates come up for renewal. So if you fixed at 2.5%, a year ago, you're about to get hit with a higher interest rate. Now, if you come to an environment where interest rates are substantially higher, how is that going to impact your behaviour, Andrew? You've got to stop spending your money. Well, that, but you've got to become much more price sensitive. So if I am it's currently at two and a half, I'm about to refix my mortgage, and I'm, say, with Westpac at the moment. If I see that BNZ has got a better deal why hell am I going to switch? Because I'm about to get hit by quite a large interest rate increase. So let's say that Westpac's at 5.2 and BNZ's at five. I'm much more likely to walk across the road, take my mortgage there, because I'm gonna be in a position where I'm worried about it. I'm thinking about my interest rate. I'm very price sensitive. So I want to limit that increase. So that's one reason we're seeing a lot of bank competitiveness. I think the other thing we are going to see is a lot of banks winding back those big cashbacks because handing out 10 grand as a cashback, that is expensive.
1: I don't know that you're going to see that. They're probably going to do that, but they'll probably lock people in for longer. So some of the terms on a cashback are four years. So if you can lock someone in for four years by dangling a 20k carrot in front of them now with a cheap interest rate, well, when it rolls off next year, just put it up then. (laughs) you're
0: assuming that banks look at their profitability over a four-year period rather than what their shareholders care about, which is year-to-year profitability. But hey, look, we'll wait and see on that. I think the other thing that was really important from that yield curve is when Adrian Orr was talking about the yield curve. So the OCR impacts primarily short-term interest rates. I'm talking about the 90-day bank bill. I'm talking about the floating rate. Whereas those fixed mortgage rates, your one years, your two years, your five years, look, banks are not borrowing from the reserve bank to lend money out to you. They're not borrowing money at the OCR and lending it on as a one year interest rate. What are they borrowing from, Andrew? Offshore. Oh, they're using the swap rate or they're using the term deposits. And what we haven't seen is we haven't seen the swap rates, those wholesale interest rates where the banks borrow and lend money out to you, we haven't seen those increase over the last three months. We've barely seen them move since last May when the Reserve Bank came out and released their most recent monetary policy statement. But I think we're going to come back to that. I think the other thing that I want to mention is exactly what you said, Andrew, which is that a lot of these OCR movements are already priced into the bank's pricing decisions in terms of their interest rate setting. And there was a really interesting article in the most recent Informed Investor, which I very happily wrote, which is about this phenomenon. If we all expect the Reserve Bank to increase the OCR, what are we going to do? We're going to prepare for it now. So we're going to start pricing in the fact that we think we're going to have a higher OCR in the future. And so a lot of the banks are already doing this. We talked about this at the last monetary policy statement three months ago, where they said, we are just lifting the OCR to where the banks have already priced in. We are confirming what is already out there in the market. So it's very tempting. And Manuel, yes, you texted me that morning. Yes, you did. You said the OCR has gone up. Yes. But what impact is it going to have on mortgage interest rates? Very little at the moment because it's already priced in. That's why we're seeing it go the other way. Now, one other thing that caught the media attention was a particular prediction, Andrew. What was it? House prices are gonna drop 20% from their peak. So the last projection that the Reserve Bank put out was a fall of 15%. Now they've come out and said 20%. So you might think, well, what's changed? Well, a journalist at the press conference asked that question. So here is Adrian Orr answering that question of why have you changed your projection?
2: Actual house prices. Are coming off much quicker. We remain uh, equally as competent as we always have at projecting house prices. We can tell you where they are relative to something that we are confident around, our sustainable measure, and then we are observing it like the rest of you. Um, so, so that's really it. What's driving lower house prices? Risk aversion. Mm. People are going, well, perhaps we
0: overdid this. Now, let me just be clear, when Adrian Orr says we remain equally competent at projecting house prices, he means not very competent given that nobody is very good at projecting what house prices are actually going to do. Nonetheless, let's go through and look at those projections because I feel like a lot of journalists, when they reported on this, did not actually look at the data, because there are a couple of things here. Andrew, what are you seeing at this graph? The blue line, just for, for Andrew's benefit, is the new projection, the orange is the old projection. So
1: a sharp down, sharp up, and they both end in the same place. Well,
0: actually, you're not quite right there. You are right that there is a sharp down and there is a sharp up. So what I mean by that is they are expecting house prices to fall further and more quickly than previously, that says compared to three months ago, but they are expecting a much faster recovery. In fact, when you look at where they thought house prices would be by the end of 2025, they're projecting that they're going to be higher than what they were projecting three months ago. So, quick downturn, but much quicker recovery. One other thing that I actually think a lot of journalists probably should have talked about is the fact they are now projecting that house prices are going to trough, are going to hit their lowest point six months earlier than their original projection three months ago. So what does that mean? We are going to hit the bottom of the market much earlier than what we thought three months ago. It's going to be sharp down, sharp up. Last point that I just want to mention as well is that when that recovery comes, they're projecting by two years after the trough, house prices will have increased 11%. So if you can get in at the right time, near the bottom of the market, Yeah,
1: there's going to be some capital gain there, according to the Reserve Bank projection, up to 11%. And of course, remember, this is just a projection, and these guys are some of the smartest minds, maybe, arguably. We'll we'll see when we get Tony Alexander on the show next week in economics. But, you know, no one has a crystal ball. This is just what they maybe are modelling out for now.
0: I think that's really important. It's better to get a good deal in around about the right time as opposed to trying to hold on for exactly the right technical point to purchase. What's important here is not where the bottom of the market is, the most important thing is the shape of it. We're going to go down sharply, we're going to come up sharply, and we're already very well within the midst of this. Bearing in mind, of course, that also the measure that they use kind of lags the market a bit. They're using a quarterly house price index from CoreLogic. Now, another question that might be on a lot of people's lips, Andrew, is, OK, so are we going to see a bigger drop because people are panic selling? And when are we going
1: to see that panic selling? So I don't think we are going to see that from interest rate increases because, remember, banks test at a higher test rate than is actual. So most banks had a test rate somewhere between 6 and 7.5%. Well, today's one-year rate is still 5%, still significantly lower than what they've modelled out when they're testing to see if you've got the ability to afford your mortgage after all your expenses. So you're not going to have people panic selling because all of a sudden they can no longer afford their mortgages because banks are conservative.
0: And actually, we've got another clip from the press conference. I will remind people that the banks
2: have stress tested all of their customers' financial capabilities to manage interest rates well within the range we are talking about at present. But there will be belt tightening.
1: And look, I think another thing to remember is that most people can actually just afford to weather the storm. So yeah, their mortgage might cost them more than what they would like it to or that it was last year, but they can weather the storm unless you're going through a divorce or someone's passed away or someone's really sick. Most people still have the ability to continue to hold on to their house for that recovery.
0: And it's important to know as well, you know, he said at the end, there will be some belt tightening. That is what the Reserve Bank is trying to do. Why do they want belt tightening? Not a rhetorical question, Andrew, because they want to slow inflation, yeah. So they want to constrain demand still within that monetary policy statement, which is a big long document of about 80 pages that they release. They're still saying the demand in the economy is outstripping the supply, and the big issue we've currently got is that supply is constrained. Why is it constrained? Number one, our labor market is very, very tight at the moment, we've got negative net migration, more people leaving than arriving. And we have struggled to get enough workers here. In fact, according to the quarterly survey of business opinion, it is the hardest to get both skilled and unskilled labour that it has ever been. So because of that labour shortage, we can't produce as much as we would otherwise like to. On top of that, people are getting sick. COVID and flu season is among us. And I know even in our business here at Opus, some people get sick. And that breaks my heart because sometimes we're not then able to help as many investors as we would otherwise like to, simply because we're capacity constrained. Perhaps we can only take 30 meetings a week, whereas we might have been able to take 50 not so long ago. And because of that, they do want to see belt tightening, demand constraining, come back within what the economy can supply at the moment, and that will lessen inflation. Now, I just want to give one brief comment on how high is the OCR going to go, bearing in mind that the OCR is not the same as your mortgage interest rate. It'll affect any of you who are on a floating rate, but will have less of an impact for those of us who fix. So they release what we call the OCR track every single time we have a monetary policy statement. And the OCR track currently looks like will peak. At about 4.25 percent. The OCR will probably peak about 4.25 according to what they're currently saying. Now, bear in mind that what we've been saying for a while, if we hit a recession, if we have some economic constraints, we do expect that actually we wouldn't need to go up to 4.25. You know, there are a lot of us saying kind of three and a half to four percent is where we may end up, but based on the current forward projection the Reserve Bank have released, kind of 4.25. Now, the reason I say that, even though it doesn't affect most of us in terms of the impact on our mortgage interest rate. I just want you to keep that in mind so that if you see us going up to three and a half, or we go up to 3.75 over the next couple of increases, just bear in mind that, hey, that may not be the end of it. But I'm telling you this now so that you are prepared. And when you see it, you're not shocked, oh my God, it's keeping on going up more and more and more. It's expected that we will still see some increases to the OCR get and that will affect anybody who's on a floating interest rate. Hey look, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the Property Academy Podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, taxes, and insights to help you get the most of the property. Until next time.